year it's been, right? And it's been it's been a year for sure. And as I as I look back, I think of all the things that transpired over this past year, it came to this one realization. It was just like every other year. If you think about it, every year we step into it, there there are some moments that we go through some ups, and there's some moments we go through some downs. That we go through go through the year that we always have these times where there are great hardships, and then there's always these moments we have throughout a year that are full of great praise. You know, I think of this year, you know, we've experienced some loss of some of those who are very, very close to us. They went to be with their Lord and Savior. But then I also look at the other side that we've experienced a lot of rebirth. You know, that we watched a, a several people take their, take their first step with Jesus by surrendering their lives to him and receiving a new life. Yeah. You know, I just quickly looked at uh, some numbers before I came up here. In the last quarter of this year, we had 10 individuals surrender their life to Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And it's common, ups and downs in every year. You know, in the beginning of this year, I challenged us as a church not to make a to-do list. I said, don't make a to-do list. The things that you want to do, I challenge us as a church to make a to-be list. Who do we want to be? Who do you want to be? With this understanding, can we walk through in the beginning of the series, the New You Resolution series, it was that who we are will always find out, always play its way into what we do. Who we are in life will always find its way into what we do in life. So I wonder, I wondered, how'd that play out for you? How'd that play out for you? Are you the person right now that you set out to be? And if that's true or not true, how did that affect what you did? How did that affect what you did this year? See, it wasn't about the, this idea of a new year, but to define and articulate the new you, who you want to be. That's how we started this whole thing out January 2nd last year. Who do you want to be? And I bring this back to the forefront of our minds because what we're going to be stepping into this evening and looking at at the book of Ephesians. This book, there was actually a letter. And it was a letter written by the Apostle Paul and he was writing to the churches of Ephesus and the surrounding area. And it's always important when we open our Bibles and we read our Bibles, church, read our Bibles, that we remember that when Paul was writing these letters, he was writing to these churches for specific situations that were taking place. Things were saying, happening in a church. When he says, don't do that, it's because they were doing that. When he says, you shouldn't be over here doing this, what's well, because those people were over here doing this. He was writing them for a specific reason. But in all of his letters... All of letters, if you take all of what Paul wrote in the New Testament, he repeatedly calls out God's people to live holy lives. Lives out holy lives. He reminds them of who they were before Jesus and who they are supposed to be now in Jesus, and they should look different. 
In fact, in the beginning of the section of Scripture we're going to look at tonight, the beginning of this section, it's, in most Bibles it has this little headings, and it says the instructions for Christian living. And it's written this in Ephesians chapter 4 and 5 as a reminder for us Christians, as Christ followers, we are called to live in such a way that brings God glory. Who do we want to be? So if you can see on the screen, we're going to read through some passages in Ephesians 5. We're going to start at verse 8 tonight. It says, For you were once in darkness, but you are now in the light of the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness and righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. So if you take out Paul's little interruption, it says, he says, live as children of light and find out what pleases the Lord. He says, have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of the darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful to mention what the dis- disobedient do in secret. But, in, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why he says, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Verse 15 says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Amen. Come on, we just did that. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul, again, he reminds them that this life lived in darkness is that they were, now they're supposed to be living a life in the light. Jesus is the light. That's how you're supposed to look, how you're called to live. But in the middle of these verses that I just read, he shares some very interesting words that we're going to take a couple minutes to unpack. And it's, a start, it's verses 15 and 16. Look up on the screen. It says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Let's just stop right there. This this phrase, be very careful, is a command. You were being commanded to be very careful. It's a command by God for us to take stock in how we are truly living. As followers of Jesus, our lives are to be marked by wise, God-honoring decisions. Decisions in a life that reflect the light of Jesus in our lives. Not as the unwise ones that make our lives look like the darkness that we were redeemed from. Paul goes on to say then to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. This idea that days are evil means the present days. The present age we live in is evil. It's full of darkness and brokenness and death and pain. He says you need to make every, most of every opportunity. And that a phrase in other translations you may read on what you translation you read from the Bible, it says make the best use of your time. Make the most of your time is, a, I think, the NASB. Friends, this is crazy revealing for us. 
especially as we're getting ready to step into a new year, to make most of every opportunity that we have, make the best use of our time. Church, the most precious, precious resource in our lives is time. Everything around us doesn't say that. It says it's money, it's power, it's position. Those things are the most precious in your life. But if you look at the thing, what God has given us, it is time. Time has the greatest value because we can never replenish it. We can always make more money. We can always get a promotion. We can always get, receive more authority. But we can never ever have more time. We can't buy it. We can't cheat God's creation and go back and rewind the clocks. Back to the future isn't real. Bill and Ted's Exit Adventure, I'm aging myself right now, is not real. All we can do is look back at the memories and how we have spent the time that was given to us. How we, we look back and look at how we lived the minutes that we've been blessed with. It's this idea of making most of every opportunity and making most of your time literally translates to redeem the time. See what Paul was trying to tell these followers in Ephesus and what God is trying to say to us, we need to take hold of the time given to us and spend it in a way that gives our lives to the Lord the greatest return. You know, one of the, the items I treasure most growing up as an adult uh, during this time of year was, long as I can remember, as I would call my mom on New Year's Eve. I don't care where I was, who I was with, what I was doing, when that ball dropped, like it's going to do tonight, and we're going to switch into a whole new year, and I'm like, woo-hoo! <laughs> Guys, you're just sitting there. Make sure you're with me, right? When that happened, I would go to my phone and pick it up, and I'd call my mom. And I would call her and tell her, say, hey, Mom, Happy New Year's. I love you. And she would be sitting there waiting, She'd be sitting at the kitchen table and she'd be having her snacks and her, her sparkling grape juice and she'd be waiting for that call, right? That's the way I look forward to my, what things I look forward to in my life. Well, I can't do that any longer. My mom went to be with Jesus come about two years ago. And one of my, one of my most favorite pictures that I took just before she passed away is you can see on the screen is this. Two days before Christmas, I had a call that she had fallen and that she wasn't going to make it. And so I had a, the next morning, I had to get up and go up to drive up to see her as a family so we could have an opportunity to say goodbye to my mom and then turn around and drive back to our church in Pennsylvania and preach five Christmas Eve services. This is the opportunity. This was an amazing opportunity that God has given me. He blessed me with this time to say goodbye to my mom. I was able to sit by her and hold her hand. I was able to read scripture to her. I prayed over her. I even played some music and did a little singing. 
It wasn't anything spiritual, trust me. It was actually from the Sound of Music soundtrack. How do you solve a problem like Maria, right? Anybody with me? Okay. See, my mom grew up singing for Jesus all her life, but one of the greatest joys that she did was to sing in musicals, and she was in this, that musical twice. And so this is a, an opportunity that God had given me, and I was able to sing to her in that moment, just thanking Jesus for that. I thank God for that moment. I thank God for all those New Year's. I'll be able to call and tell my mom, Happy New Year's, and I love you. Because I can never live them again. All I have is the sweet memories of taking every opportunity of the time given. But if I'm being honest, that's not always the case in my life. I don't always take the opportunity, use the time wisely, or give things to God the greatest return. And I can't believe I'm the only one who, who lives that way at times. That we let time squander, we let it go by, we let it slide through our fingers. We don't live a certain way because we think we always have tomorrow. Every breath is a gift. Every day is a blessing. Do me a favor. I know I've done this on a Sunday morning, but I want everybody to take a deep breath in. And exhale. That was a gift from God. He just blessed you with one more minute. So as we transition into this new year, I want to challenge as a church to take what we were building in, in 2022. Take the, the who we want to be, and I want to encourage us to dig in a little bit deeper and start defining how we are going to live. We already discovered that it could go hand in hand. How can I redeem the time that we have been given? How can we make the most of out of every opportunity that God has given us? One year, 365 days, 8,760 hours, 523, 25 25, 600 minutes, 31,536,000 seconds. How can you and I make the most out of every opportunity that we have been given? We're defining who we want to be. Now let's figure out how we're going to live personally and corporately as his church. See, I believe, I believe it starts at these tables. I think a new year starts right here at these tables. Paul says in verse 17, he says, Therefore, don't be foolish. He says, Therefore, don't be foolish. Understand what the Lord's will is. When you read through Scripture and you see the word fool, that is someone who is an unbeliever. So when Paul says, don't be foolish, he points to anything in our lives that's living like someone who doesn't believe. So don't be foolish. And Paul calls us to set all that foolish, unbelieving livelihoods aside. We're not redeeming the time. We're not living a life that gives God the greatest return, what he is giving us, which is breath. He says what you have in your life, we need to confess it, cast it out, live differently. Because you've been called to be holy. 
He also calls it's moving, all this stuff that's moving the division between him and I, that sin between us and God that divides us. He also calls it other, us within the body of Christ. He says, get that stuff out of your life. There is a separation between you as the body, which I've called to be in unity. Instead of living like the fools with one another, we are to live like Jesus with one another. It says we are to sing hymns. We're to sing and speak psalms, words of encouragement together as a body. Making the most of every opportunity that he has given us. It starts with making it right vertically and horizontally. That is living the Lord's will. And if we desire the 2023 to come in and we're like, woo, this is amazing. See, someone's wooing over here. It starts with us coming to the table tonight and recognizing where we're at, confessing what we need to confess, thanking Jesus for all he's done, making it right with our brothers and sisters, and moving forward. Because if we don't have it right here and we don't have it right here, we will, it's impossible to redeem anything of godly value. We need to make it right here. We need to make it right here. Because we wouldn't be chasing his will, we'd be chasing our own. So as we thank and come forward and partake. I'm going to give us time before we come to the table to give us time to reflect on our lives, time to maybe have a conversation with God and talk to him about some things that are there that need to go away. Maybe talk to him about some things you want to just want to praise him for and thank him for. But don't come to the table and reflect so flippantly. Take the time and reflect on what God's called us to do, how he's called us to live, make the most of opportunity as we take our first steps in this new year. You know, he says very clearly in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he says, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup in an unworthy manner, will, will be, he, will, he will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine ourselves before they eat the bread and drink the cup. And so that's what I'm going to ask us to do. I'm going to step back Give us a time to be quiet, time to have a conversation with God. Then we'll come back and we'll get, read a few more passages and we'll jump in and we'll take communion together.
Father, we thank you. Thank you sometimes doesn't seem like enough. You've blessed us with so much. In a year that's been full of up and down and all around, you have been good. We praise you. We praise you through the hard times. We praise you in the great times. You have been faithful. And God, as we look expectantly what's to come in this next year, we want to be a church that continues to lay our lives before you and let your will be done. We want to be a church that continues to lay our hearts bare and let you continue to mold us and make us to be more like your son. So as we come before the table and remember what you did, what your son did for us, let us come with reverent awe. Let us come with an openness inside. Let us come with praise. Let us come with confession. Let us come to the one who can change and has changed everything. We look forward. We look forward to what you have for us. God, I pray for us as a church. I pray for everyone as individuals. May they seek you with their whole life. May they seek you as a family. As me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And may we continue to run after you as a church. We thank you for your great blessings. We thank you for making everything possible through your son. In whose name we rejoice and pray in tonight. Amen. Now church, you're getting ready to come up and take communion. You can exit on the right of your row and come forward. And when you are done taking communion, you are all set to leave. You can just head out the, one of the exits of the doors. I'm going to invite our elders and their wives that come up now to serve. This section, these two sections over here can come over here or here if you choose. Or this two over here, over here if you choose. You can come up in groups. You can come up as a family. If you're by yourself, come up by yourself. Whatever you choose. You know, when you come up, you're going to be taking a cracker. And that cracker represents Jesus' broken body for us. And then you're going to be taking some juice. And the juice represents his blood being poured out, sacrificed for our sin. Jesus died willingly so we wouldn't have to, so we could have new life and our faith in him. This one may ask us to rise and come on forward.